Hello, and welcome to the interview series for the Nonfiction Authors Association. Today's session is with Karen Ferreira, and we will be talking about how to produce and publish a children's picture book. I'm Carla King, your host, and I'm happy to have you with us today. This event will last up to 30 minutes, and our podcast recordings are available on our website, on social media, and you can also catch it on our YouTube channel where you can participate in the live stream and ask questions even after the episode ends. So please search for the Nonfiction Authors Association on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. If you're new to us, our members receive a weekly author advisor email that features curated media leads and links to exclusive member content. Members can also participate in our free mastermind group we call the Author Brainstorm Exchange, and you'll also get access to our vibrant, active private community on Facebook. Benefits also include year-round nonfiction book awards program, the annual nonfiction writers conference, and our book marketing and book publishing master courses, both which offer optional professional certification. And we can't forget discounts with our awesome partners, including Lulu, Findaway at Voices, Office Depot, Ingram Spark, and others. Find these benefits and explore the various membership levels at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. We hope you'll join us there. We hope. <laughs> We hope you'll join us there. And now I'd like to introduce our guest. Karen Ferrara is an award-winning creative director, illustrator, philanthropist, founder, and CEO of GetYourBookIllustrations.com and Children'sBookMastery.com. She helps self-publishing authors get amazing, affordable illustrations and also provides them with the know-how to succeed in the industry with the annual online children's book mastery conference coaching courses and author challenges hi karen welcome to the podcast hi karen welcome to the podcast thank you thank you for having me okay so Let's talk about nonfiction authors who aim to write children's books. A lot of authors I know have written a book for adults, and then they decide they want to plant a seed in a younger audience. Mm -hmm. And topics include, in my experience, ecology, science, you know, math, spelling. I have one author who did an oceanography book with fish pictures, almost anything really so can you tell us how are nonfiction children's books a, a viable idea for a nonfiction author? And can you generalize about how they perform in the marketplace versus fiction that is? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, if you're self-publishing, um, it comes down to marketing. So I just want to mention that. So I can't say like, oh, yeah, if you write nonfiction, you're just going to do 10 times better. It really just depends how, how good your marketing is, right? But uh, the great thing about nonfiction is it offers unique opportunities with schools and libraries. And, um, you know, if you can find something that fits into the curriculum, then that can really open a very big door where you can sell literally hundreds or even thousands of copies. Obviously, you have to really do well to reach out um, to enough schools and so on but it does open that door because they're going to be more interested if you have a book that fills a gap that they want to fill they're going to be more interested in non-fiction than in a fiction picture book or children's book right so um so if you research the curriculum 
and uh, you have a, a unique slant, like you don't want to do a biography on George Washington, like uh, maybe there are probably 10 others that are already, you know, out there. So you want to have a slant that is uh, different in some way that would that you can pitch it as a unique kind of book. But if you can do that, then you really can have uh, a really good opportunity for a lot of sales, actually. And the other great thing is if you can get in with a publisher with nonfiction, they will actually send you work. So what I mean is they will they can say, we need a book on uh, the butterfly life cycle or whatever it might be, right? And you can then write that book where that isn't really done with fiction, uh, but it is done with nonfiction because they need specific topics written about. Well, that brings up a question I hadn't thought about is, okay, research, research, research. I say it over and over again. Um, but um, like, how does one find a publisher who's looking for a nonfiction book? Is that through an agent or do you look through the writer's um, marketplace or how do you do that? You can work through an agent, although I tend to not really recommend it just for the simple reason that it can be really hard to find an agent, right? So it can add this whole long runway uh, of added time, etc. So obviously, you're not going to probably get in with the big, you know, like Macmillan or Scholastic and so on without an agent. But you can look for your mid-level to your smaller publishers who accept submissions, unagented submissions. And, of course, you're looking for publishers that publish children's nonfiction in this case. And it would be like with any writing, really, you would be needing to pitch to them. And you should have a a book that you're actually pitching to get your foot in the door, right? I wouldn't suggest kind of pitching, hi, I want to write books. Will you send me work? You should show them, hey, this is my work. It's really good. And then you can take the relationship from there, basically. Right. So say they have a nonfiction book. They're an expert in some some genre um, and they're publishing it, self-publishing it. And so they have that book. Should they have the adult nonfiction book first before they pursue the children's book? Or should they be an expert or a scholar or have a, a degree in something? Any tips on that? Um, I would not say you need to have an adult book at all. If you're if you're excited about writing it for children, then you don't need to ever have an adult book. Of course, if you have a, an adult nonfiction book and you want to go into the children's side, like you mentioned, you can do that. But there's no reason to have to have an adult book first. Um, and you, you, if you're an expert. Uh, you know, if you like you said, you're an oceanographer or you're a biologist or you're whatever expert it might be, a doctor, a dentist, whatever it might be. Of course, that can uh, count. It can be to your advantage, right? Because firstly, you can put your credentials on, but also you already know the subject really well. But anybody can write children's nonfiction if you're willing to put in the work to do the research. So I could decide to write a, a nonfiction uh, about something I know nothing about. That just means I'm going to have to research a lot because you do have to have your facts really well researched. So uh, you should never have the idea just because it's for children. It's OK if you just kind of like 
figure out what you want to say, right? You have to be spot on with the facts, but that's more a matter of how willing you are to put in the work for the research, even if you're not an expert. Got it. Thank you. All right. So we're talking about children's books and I haven't even asked you to define a children's book yet. Um, I know there are different kinds of children's books for different ages and there are very strict formats about the pages and the 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 paper quality the board books the square books etc can you tell us the range of those kinds of books yeah absolutely so children's books in general are divided into board books which are those literally the whole book has those hard cardboard pages right and they like that because they're for really young kids uh toddlers who are hard on the books right so um those are called board books as i said and they are very simple of course because they're for young kids then you have picture books so um fiction and non-fiction picture books are actually different in age groups uh for fiction you have kind of like 3 to 5 and 5 to 8 but for non-fiction they go from 3 to 5 and then all the way up in different groups up to 13 which i can tell you a bit more about the different groups um but so in other words your picture books in non-fiction go for kids up to way older because um you know a 13 year old no, most 13 year olds don't want to read a picture book a story book but nonfiction, you need a lot of visuals. So it kind of opens the door. A, a nonfiction picture book uh, isn't kind of too babyish for a 13-year-old. Uh, and then you get um, early readers or easy readers, which you get in fiction and nonfiction, where basically a picture book is normally more meant to be read by an adult to the children. But now when the kids get a bit older, like six, seven uh, you want them to start reading by themselves. So you call those early readers, then middle grade, which is exactly what it sounds like. And then young adult, which are kind of for teenagers. So I don't know if you want me to go into more of the exact age groups for nonfiction children's books. Yeah, let's stick to the picture books. I think um, what we're talking about uh, and what I've seen are the 32 page square books, right? Um, but if there are picture books for an older group as well, um, that isn't so limited, we'd love to hear about that too. Okay, great. Yeah. So the 32 page, uh, book is your standard for, uh, fiction picture books. So they're not always square. They are quite often square, but they can be portrait, they can be landscape, or they can be square. But they are more for fiction. With nonfiction, it actually varies. So um, for your three to five-year-olds, you get sometimes the board books and sometimes picture books that are normal paper. So they can be 10 to 32 pages And your 10 pages will normally be more like the board book, right? Where the 32 pages will normally be normal paper because that would be a very fat board book. So for that age range, you have a low word count of, it can even be 50 words, can even be less than 50 words, up to maybe 600 words. And these are obviously the books that are are normally read uh, by an adult, like the parent or a teacher to the child, because, you know, these kids don't normally read by themselves yet. 
So these are, of course, fairly simple. It's about explaining concepts, more like beginner concepts, if you understand what I mean, from shapes and colors to maybe more advanced things like about bugs and animals. But it's at the a it's it's appropriate for five year olds or four year olds. You don't want to go very complicated. So um, then the next group up kind of it overlaps. You'll see it's about four to eight. So it overlaps with the other one. And that has normally the same word count, but that will normally be about 32 pages. So that's not your board books anymore. It's just proper uh, hardcover or paperback, you know, normal books, not board books. And obviously they're a bit longer because as kids get older, you can present a bit more data. You can get a bit more complicated with the language and that kind of thing, all the concepts. So every time you go up an age group, you, are, you of course, you kind of step up everything a little bit, right? So then your next age group is 7 to 10, and here you can now go up to 1,000 words. So um, it doesn't have to be 1,000 words. It can be way less, but you can go up. So these can be even, they can be about 32 pages, but they can even go up to 48 pages. So nonfiction picture books can are, are often longer than fiction picture books, like a 48 page is very uncommon for fiction picture books, but it's not that uncommon for nonfiction picture books. So in this case, um, there's more detailed text. You know, the concepts can be a bit more high level. And in this case, the adult can read it to the child, but sometimes the child will read it by themselves, of course, because they are now at that um, age level where they can read. But the book's still fully illustrated. It's not a whole bunch of text and no pictures. It's still pictures everywhere right and then the 9 to 13 year old age group that I mentioned earlier so this is for only non-fiction as I mentioned so here you can go up to even 3,000 words although I should mention it's normally more like 2,000 words or less it's not usually 3,000 um, and this can even go up to 64 pages but it's also normally more around 48 pages but you get these exceptions that's a 3,000 word, 64 page book. And of course, now you're, you know, when kids get to that age, you, you're not quite at adult level, but you're getting quite fairly close to adult level in terms of the concepts they can start understanding and so on. And you actually want to make the book challenging for them because you want to encourage them to learn. You want to stretch their vocabulary. You kind of want to stretch their mind with the concepts. But at the same time, you have to be careful not to go too far because you don't want to discourage them. You don't want them to feel like, oh, it's so hard and they don't want to read anymore. So it's that balance of stretching them, but just enough that they still enjoy it. Wow, that's pretty detailed. So I'm just going to recap here. So there's like the three to five year old. Um, it can be a board book or a normal book, 10 to 32 pages, uh, 50 words to 600 words. Right. And, okay, good. For so for the seven to ten year old, you get a forty-eight page book with about a thousand words. Yeah. There's also the four to eight year olds, which are kind of this in between, oh. which which is about fifty to five hundred words. And um that's normally around thirty-two pages. Got it. And then okay, then you go with your seven to ten. And that 48 page book can be what can that be six by nine or 
Yeah, it can be six by nine. Six by nine is not that common. Like you said, square, like maybe eight okay. and a half by eight and a half is common. It mm-hmm. might be eight by 10 or 10 by eight. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of sizes are more common or eight and a half by 11. Uh, those are six by nine is quite uncommon. That's more going towards your novel where the right. picture books are normally a bit bigger because you want space for the pictures, you know? Absolutely. Okay. So that's for the seven to 10 year old. You've still got those uh, shapes and then yeah. the nine to 13 year olds, uh, 48 to 64 pages, 2000 to 3000 words. And what dimensions are those covers usually? Those would be the same. So you basically have a distinction between a picture book for that age group and just a nonfiction book for that age group. So you get nonfiction books for Uh, you know, 11, 12, 13 year olds that are very text heavy and have very few images. Um, But then this, the picture book category is still fully illustrated or lots of photographs and the bigger book, usually it's a bigger book. It might be um, seven by 10 even, but, um, you know, because it, it still has a lot of pictures. So it's never a small, well, not never, but hardly ever a small book. This is great, Karen. I mean, I mean, I'm just used to the six by nine, eight and a half by five and a half <laughs> world. So um, uh, this is a whole different language that most authors who write uh, memoir and uh, prescriptive nonfiction books don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope it's giving everybody some good ideas. Now, I do realize that sometimes an author wants to illustrate the book themselves or fi- find an illustrator themselves. Um, some authors have images, um, uh, pictures, actual photographs, yeah. right, that the author may have taken if they're a talented photographer. Um, but should an author in general dictate how the book is illustrated? Um, I would say no. So obviously, if you're traditionally publishing, they will hire an illustrator. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say obviously. So in the children's book industry, if you traditionally publish, they get an illustrator. So you're not involved at all. So then you shouldn't dictate. Um, If you're self-publishing, you still shouldn't really dictate how everything is drawn because you want the illustrator to have some kind of creative freedom and leeway. Although I have to add that um, because it's nonfiction, the illustrations actually actually have to be factual, right? So if you're going to do photographs, then you could do that yourself, really. If you're self-publishing, there's no reason to necessarily hire someone for the photographs, depending on your situation. But if you're hiring an illustrator, um, you will have to guide them to the point where everything's factual. So it's a bit different in terms of you can't just kind of let them be creative and just tell whatever story they like with their illustrations. Um, you do get different kinds of nonfiction, um, like traditional, which is kind of what we all grew up with, which is, you know, all about the weather or all about dogs or all about planes, that kind of thing. So something like that, of course, if you saying all about trains and you saying all the different kinds of trains, they have to have reference images that are are correct. So in that regard, you will kind of have to dictate it. Um, but if it's creative nonfiction or narrative nonfiction, which is told with uh, characters and dialogue, it's told with a story arc, right, and tension, like a real story, but it still has to be factual. So in that case, though, they could have a bit more creative freedom 
in terms of just the artistic details of the image, but still, of course, on the other side of the coin, it has to be factual. So they can't draw everyone um, in the middle of winter in the snow when the event happened in the middle of summer, as a as an example. So um, there is those. So the, the the creative details I would leave up to the illustrator, but only to the point of it can't be it can't become non-factual in other words got it and this is something that we tell authors a lot is um hire a cover designer and don't micromanage them because they know the market they have creative ideas that you don't have um and let them go and you're probably going to get a better product Yes. If we were speaking about fiction, I would be hammering on, please just let the illustrator do their job because exactly you do get a better product because they have their own creativity and their own story to tell. And they're kind of not a photocopier for your imagination, right? They, they can create some of their own, um, their own world in a way that still should match your story. So you can, you can keep that in mind for nonfiction but as I say, obviously, it is much more limited because the, if you're saying a monarch butterfly, they can't draw pink and purple and orange butterfly or something like that because that's, you know, um, because they think that would be pretty. That's obviously not an option. That's great. Good. And um, another question that just came to me just now when you were talking, we were talking about book formats is ebooks and, you know, the advent of digital books and this, the, um, tablets you know and and the readers have changed a lot uh how books can be made uh they're not always made like this but i i do know that there's a there's an age range where kids should not be looking at a screen and you know so when does that switch into kids can look at a screen there's a developmental area where it's not good for them and what are the tools and maybe uh like what worlds does that open up for an author to present their work differently? Yeah, that's a good question. Yes, of course. So you get, you know, your board books, hardcovers, paperbacks, and then as you say, eBooks. So um, just an aside for schools and libraries, you should aim to have hardcovers as a note that is more desirable for them. So if you're printing on demand and you're only printing with KDP, like paperbacks, you should, uh, check into Ingram Spark or bulk printing or something to have hardcovers as a note. Um, but yeah, so back to the ebook question. Okay. So, um, sorry. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. I, I just remembered the hardcovers. Amazon is printing hardcovers now, but they're very limited. Um, and it's uh, mid 2022 when we're talking here. So they may start competing with Ingram Spark, but there's also. Lulu and um, I think draft to digital, although I don't know if they are printing hardcovers, but yeah, that's a whole different, <laughs> that's a whole different yes. podcast. I'm going to address right. that yeah. somewhere else. You're quite right. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But, but KDP is, their sizes aren't really, as you say, their sizes are still for children's books. Their sizes are kind of too limited, but yeah, we can go into a whole thing about bulk printing is better, and but we won't go there right now. Um, so for eBooks, you're right, there is that age, um, you don't want a, a child that's too young to look to, to be on the screen too much. At the same time, even though a, a physical copy of a book, in my estimation, is much better for kids always, we do live in a world also where ebooks open up a lot of opportunities in terms of 
Um, you know, you can offer the ebook for $1.99 or even $0.99 cents or $1.99, $2.99, which just opens the door to so many more people getting it. If, you know, where obviously if you're self-publishing, especially where they may not be willing to invest the money in a hard copy, because remember with picture books, it's all full color and your printing costs are quite high. And then, of course, you have to ship it and so on. So the profit margin when you print on demand with picture books tends to be extremely low because you're trying to put a competitive price. Uh, you know, if you're trying to look around the $10 mark to be competitive, you almost make nothing. So um, an e- so an ebook just gives you that opportunity to reach more readers. Uh, so to put an age of what's okay for them to read on the screen or not is difficult because it is a book. So it's not like they're watching videos or playing games, which are not so good. Um, not saying that it is better for them to read on the screen than a physical copy. Like I said, physical copy is always better. But uh, there is kind of that uh, question of you might not reach them at all if you don't have the ebook. So is it better to reach them with the ebook or not at all? You see, so you kind of have to make that judgment call. If you go look, most of the um, like board books, you, you won't find them in in ebook format, and that makes sense, right? But normally, from from the picture book age, from four and up, you do actually find them in ebook formats. And as I say, I think it's just because of the world we live in, it just opens so many doors. So uh, I would suggest if you're publishing a picture book from three, four up, just put it out as an ebook as well, because you are going to get people who will buy that who won't buy the physical copy. Great. And do you recommend that we use the bells and whistles, like uh, maybe insert a little video or something in there? Have you seen that happening lately? Um, I have seen that happening. The way I see it, or what I normally would say is, yes, you can put a link to a video on YouTube if you want to, or that kind of thing. If you want to put it in the book, you can, but I find um, in my experience, at least, everyone who I've seen doing that, it almost becomes uh, the complications or all the work involved almost is is not worth the um, benefits or the results they get. So I would say you can put a link to YouTube and say, go watch this little video about link something about your book, right? But not, I, I personally wouldn't recommend going through all the work of trying to put it in the book. Bingo. That was the answer I was looking for. Should we bother? <laughs> it took me a while to get there. All all right, good. Great. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, I'd love to talk to you some more, but we're uh, running out of time. So I'd love for you to tell us um, what you have to offer. I know you do have a service for um, authors to find illustrators and all kinds of good stuff. So why don't you just tell us uh, where we can find all that and what sure. else? So. Yeah, if someone uh, is interested to possibly get illustrations, or if you even just want to book a free call and just ask some questions, it's completely obligation free. My illustration company is called Get Your Book Illustrations, and the website is getyourbookillustrations.com, all just one word. And, um, you know, even if you just want to look around, we have on there how our process works and we have a good blog where you could learn more about children's books and illustrations and how it all works. So it's a fairly good educational resource. And as I say, you can book a free call if you want to ask some questions. And then 
I, ha I also have um, a company called Children's Book Mastery, where I help people to write their children's books and publish literally everything from getting writing through publishing, through marketing, like just the whole gamut of our ex the exciting author journey, right? And all the parts to it. And we're having a free summit in July. We have this July in every year in July called the Children's Book Mastery Summit. So if people want to go to childrensbookmastery.com, they can sign up for the summit for free and get loads of expert interviews, including Carla, uh, uh, sharing all their wonderful expertise to help authors uh, on their journey. Also, all the way from, from writing, how do you get started through to marketing? Great. Thank you. So the live uh, version of that is free. That's awesome. And that's uh, in 2022. That is uh, July 11th? 11th. Excellent. Okay, good. That's the date I was looking for. So uh, it could be could be near the same date in the subsequent years. Karen, yes. thank you so much for your expertise. I've learned a lot and I know everyone else. I hope that we're all inspired and maybe we'll all in the nonfiction group start writing books for kids as well. Um, so thanks again. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. We conduct these interviews every single week. Please, please check the schedule or sign up for our mailing list to get notifications about this podcast and other events at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. Thank you, and see you next time. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah. Um.